Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today. Word on the street, Jared Kushner out here dry snitching on Donald Trump. Let me give you some background. During an appearance on MSNBC on Sunday afternoon, Donald Trump's niece, Mary Trump, claimed there are multiple reasons to believe that Jared Kushner is in fact the FBI informant working with the Justice Department before the Mar-a-Lago search, possibly to avoid a criminal investigation of his own. I'm going to give you some background to her sentiment. And right now, I'm about 80% there. I think she's onto something, there's more. Agreeing with former Trump lawyer, Michael Cohen, that there was something suspicious about the fact that there was no hint with the DOJ or that the DOJ is scrutinizing Kushner's $2 billion business deal with the Saudis. The ex-president's niece said that should raise red flags for her uncle. Now, Michael Cohen, if anybody knows what it's like to snitch, Michael Cohen absolutely qualifies. There's more background to this and it's quite fascinating. We need to look at the potential pool of people, which would be very, very small, that would benefit from, potentially benefit from the documents that Donald allegedly stole, she suggested. You have to look seriously at Jared Kushner in that instance, because first of all, he was not supposed to get security clearance. And that decision by top security professionals was overwritten. Now, if you remember, Jared Kushner was in fact a White House staff member and advisor to the president. They made him director of American innovation. Ever heard of that office before? Of course not, because it didn't exist before he arrived. They created a position for him. It was established just so he can fill it, not accept a salary. And then when he left, the position ended. There is no more position known as director of American innovation. So this is quite interesting. A known capitalist who inherited all of his business wealth because his father committed fraud, lands a job in the White House, decides to not accept a salary. And you think he did this out of the goodness of his heart, of course not. He's playing an economic game here, creating economic gain for himself. There's more. He served as a senior advisor to the 45th president, Donald Trump, his father-in-law. Since leaving the White House, Kushner founded a group called Affinity Partners. What does Affinity Partners do? It is a private equity firm that basically controls nothing but Saudi government money, that's all it does, that's his job, period. There's more. Kushner is the son of the former real estate developer, Charles Kushner. Some of you may remember that name. Obviously, he's married to Ivanka Trump, former President Trump's daughter and also a government advisor at one point as a result of Kushner's a father's conviction and incarceration for fraud, Kushner took over management of his father's real estate company called Kushner Companies, which launched his business career. He literally got his start because his daddy was convicted of fraud. My point to you is this, Kushner is a transactional 
capitalist prone to corruption leader, just like Donald Trump is, okay? All right, which launched his business career. He also stirred controversy for his conflicts of interest as he continued to engage in business, even profiting from policy proposals that he himself pushed within the administration. Kushner was unable to obtain a top secret security clearance until May 2018 when Trump decided to intervene and override the intelligence agencies. Whoa, so you have a guy, a known capitalist, somebody who inherited a company because corruption runs in his family. He marries the president's daughter before he's president. He gets a cushy job in the White House, not accepting the salary. And what does he do? Well, he positions himself to make more money. As soon as he's no longer in the White House, He's controlling money for Saudi. And then there's this entanglement between Trump and the Saudi government. I mean, yeah, it's starting to look like he possibly has a reason to dry snitch. Now the Lincoln Project, a group of Republicans who are anti-Donald Trump, once again did a remarkable commercial. I played it last week and guess what? I'm going to play it again, here it is. Who was it, Donald? Who gave you up to the feds? Who squealed? Who told them what you kept in a safe at Mar-a-Lago? No, not that stuff. Disgusting. The classified documents. 15 boxes of top secret files. That's naughty, Donald. And illegal. You broke the law. No wonder the Department of Justice and the FBI came knocking. They're coming for you. But who leaked? Who sold you out? Was it Jared? I'm grateful. Ivanka. They're backing away from you. Don Jr. Your own son. Eric. Do you even care? Melania. She wants to escape. Mark Meadows. Who did it? All your old Washington friends are talking to the 1-6 committee and the grand jury. They weren't your friends. Maybe it was someone closer. Who could it be? Someone you trusted. Betrayed. Now you're the first president to have his home raided by the FBI. This is your legacy. It's bad, Donald. Your father would be ashamed. And there's no one you can trust. No one. No one at all. There never was. Yeah, you know, Donald Trump is a sore unto this nation. He's a dark spot. He's antithetical to the potential that this nation actually has. But he is a reflection of the reality of this country. Remember, Donald Trump is a product of sentiment. That sentiment is there if Trump exist or not. All right, Sharon, thoughts on this? Well, you said a lot. You said a whole lot, Dr. Ritchie. And I, on face value, well, I have to agree with you, right? Everything you said about Jared Kushner, but I think Mary Trump's comments might be a little unfair here because we haven't considered one thing. His father went to federal prison, a prison camp conspiracy, tax evasion, that does something, I'd imagine, to a son who never got over that. So it could be horribly unfair to point the finger at Jared, particularly when everybody knows Ivanka's probably the real one dropping a dime and Melania's probably also forwarding information to the feds. The point is when you have so many enemies, so many enemies, Dr. Ritchie, they all could be on a party line giving him up, who knows? It really could be that serious, but that's what happens when you get into the White House. Everybody is new, just like your money, new money. And no one has real loyalty to you and you tick everybody off. 
Yeah, and he's done it intentionally. It's not as if he, you know, fumbled into bad relationships. He absolutely created bad relationships with individuals himself. We're going to continue to follow what I think is an interesting angle. Uh, and multiple people are coming out with various theories about who actually tipped off the federal government. As predicted, I said one of the officers who has been um, arrested or charged is going to in fact testify against officers. This is in relation to the death of Breonna Taylor. We've been calling for the arrest of these cops since day one. The Attorney General of the state of Kentucky decided that no foul, no criminal activity, no harm. The Department of Justice saw it quite differently. Let's put up a picture of the detective as well as Breonna Taylor. The former detective, her name is Kelly Hanna Goodlett. When this story first broke about the DOJ, I said that detective has likely turned state evidence and would testify against the other officers. I was correct. Goodlett will stand before US District Judge David Hall and admit to conspiring to violate Taylor's civil rights by assisting in falsifying documents connected to the botched raid of her apartment, the Louisville Courier Journal reports. Two years ago, according to the charging documents, Detective Goodlett lied and said a postal inspector verified to law enforcement that Taylor was receiving packages for her ex-boyfriend, a convicted drug dealer named Jamarcus Glover. This was actually the foundation of the raid that cost this 26 year old her life. The former detective is also charged with knowingly conspiring with Janes and others to falsify the search warrant affidavit. So what do you have here? You have the prerequisite falsification and you're going to see that they actually conspired afterwards to create a cover story. I will also expose in just a minute that this detective and other cops violated state law. The attorney general did not have the guts to prosecute because the AG was feckless, all right? As a result of her deciding to take the deal, Magistrate Judge Regina Edwards told the 35 year old she must surrender her passport and stop communicating with Sergeant Kyle Meany and former detectives Joshua James and Brett Hankison. Those are her co-defendants now. Detective Goodlett was also ordered to relinquish her firearms from her home and sent back to her domicile after meeting her $10,000 bond. The Washington Post reported as Edwards was laying down her terms, Marshall submitted that Goodlett's husband is in law enforcement too. Uh oh, she still has access to guns and that he needs to have access to his weapons. The compromise is that Detective Goodless husband will keep his service firearms in a secured safe with a new combination that his wife does not know. Detective Goodlett also lied to investigators with the Kentucky Attorney General's office. Let me bring it back to me before I get into this part of the narrative. We have absolute verifiable on the record proof that this detective lied 
to state officials. That is, in fact, a crime. Not only is it obstruction of justice, felony obstruction, it is violation of oath of office. She has not been prosecuted by the state. As a matter of fact, none of these cops have really been prosecuted by the state, except for one who got charged with wanton endangerment, putting neighbors at risk, did not even get charged with what they did to put Breonna Taylor at risk. There's more. Goodlett also lied to investigators with the Kentucky Attorney General's office, telling them that Sergeant John Mattingly in passing told her and James Taylor had been receiving mail or Amazon packages at her apartment for three months before the fatal shooting. That was a lie. According to the indictment, she and James actually met in a garage to get, and I quote, on the same page about a postal inspector story after local TV station WDRB raised questions about their account and the USPS officer disputed their claim, saying he never told them Glover was getting packages as his ex's apartment or at his ex's apartment. So what do you have here? You have a conspiracy now. You have a criminal conspiracy, a meeting of the minds in order to manipulate the criminal justice system. These individuals are operating as gangsters. These folks are operating as criminals. It did not take much. Nobody said, hey guys, I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna be involved. I don't want to become a criminal. None of them said that. None of them stopped the other. None of them reported the other. Why? They're on the same page. This is normative. This is how they operate. This is who they are. This is the nature of their being. They are corrupt to the core. There's no goodness in these cops. They knew what they did was wrong. They knew they falsified information. They knew they lied to a judge, got a judge to affix the signature. They knew they carried out a bad warrant. And then they got together afterwards to continue to conspire criminally. And the state under the African American male Republican Attorney General was going to let them get away with it. There's more. In addition to Detective Goodland, James and Minnie are fighting civil rights charges regarding the illegal search. Hankison is facing multiple charges, including the civil rights violation of Taylor, her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, and three of the neighbors. Hankison is on the hook for shooting blindly into the neighbor's apartment and endangering those inside, including a small child. Detective Goodlett resigned from the force during the first week of August after she and her co-defendants were hit with federal charges related to Taylor's death. The co-defendants have pleaded not guilty on all charges. Attorney Ben Crump, the lawyer representing Taylor's family tweeted, and I quote, the truth prevails. Should it take this much? You have to understand, we highlight these stories and every time there's this slow walk to justice, for black bodies that have been killed, unarmed black individuals who have died at the hands of law enforcement. The wheels of justice move very slow. And then we see noticeable signs of corruption and cover up and criminality. Local officials don't do the right thing. State officials are not doing the right thing. It took the Department of Justice to come in and do what the feckless attorney general decided not to do, which was to allocate, was to allocate charges to the cops involved. So now what will happen? Likely. This detective is going to put everybody in jail, hopefully, 
Obviously, she has now decided to turn state evidence against these other cops. But that means that she will likely get a lighter sentence for doing so. Sharon, thoughts on this case. And what's next, Dr. Ritchie? Will America hail her a hero? Will she become yeah. a hero? It doesn't take much, right? You go on Capitol Hill, you testify a little bit after waiting to the last second. Okay, that was January 6th, but she's no hero. And I haven't heard the word feckless in a long time. And you said she was ordered to give up her passport and her gun. But I predict she gets to keep her white privilege. She'll keep that white privilege. And I want to say this, Daniel Cameron, is there a way for us to figure out how many raisins in the potato salad that he has consumed to be part of this conspiracy? How, How many did he eat? It is so sick. It's so sick for this man to stand before the podium, say all the goofy things he said, okay? Instead of just getting you know, a bullhorn and screaming out, black women don't matter. That would have been the more honorable thing for him to do. The whole thing makes me sick. And this woman with the selfie that you put up at the top of the segment, okay, the selfie and the blonde hair and the highlights, the worst. No hero, but yes, a vehicle to some justice. Yeah, we're gonna follow it obviously top to bottom. Um, she is no hero uh, in my book. I know she's no hero in your book. Uh, these individuals were still police officers. She was still on the force until the indictments came down and she knew she was going to have to face what she had done. Let me do it this way, put up the picture. Um, of this cop, put it up, all right, sellout, straight sellout. Now, let me explain why I'm saying that, keep her picture up. Freddie Gray, I don't give a damn what a jury says or a grand jury or a cop. Freddie Gray, in my humble opinion, was murdered. One of the officers charged with the Freddie Gray killing has now received a promotion within the Baltimore Police Department. You're looking at her. This is Alicia White, went from being a lieutenant to a captain last week, six years after her charges were dropped. Oh, They were just waiting for these charges to be dropped so they could give her this grand promotion for carrying the company water here on Friday, August 5th. Captain Alicia White, one of the six cops cleared in the 2015 killing of Freddie Gray, was promoted to captain in the performance standards section in Baltimore City's police force. In this capacity, like the one she is already serving in, she will conduct audits and inspections and ensure the force follows proper policies while on duties. I'll be damned. You mean one of the cops who was charged with not following proper policies that led to the death of Freddie Gray is now in charge of enforcing proper policies for other cops in Baltimore to follow. Well, hold on. So the person who has been charged with violating policies is now the individual you put in charge of enforcing policies. This is why people don't like the police. This has to be the dumbest decision. What 
organization other than the police would make a decision like this for someone who was in clear violation of policy, protocol, procedure, and decided to be antithetical to human life. I got more. Police Commissioner Michael Harrison did not speak directly about Captain White. That should tell you something. The police commissioner did celebrate, who's a black woman, did celebrate the stepping up of all officers. The uh, a group he calls the next generation of leaders. The Baltimore Police Department is continuing its efforts to promote officers and put in place new leaders with the department to move the agency forward. So they're highlighting diversity. They're saying, "Oh, this is a woman in leadership. We are promoting her to captain. This is a good day for Baltimore." Now, remember who prosecuted these cops? Put up her picture. She's going through a lot of hell right now. 2015, White was one of six officers indicted by this woman, Marilyn Mosby. That's the state's attorney for Baltimore City. Charges were ultimately dropped. In a federal case, the DOJ declined to bring charges against the officers after conducting its own investigation. Now, watch how sinister this gets. The federal authorities commented on their assessment of her part in the incident. According to a statement later made by Sergeant White, she said, this is her account. She looked into the wagon, the paddy wagon. And while she could not see Gray's face, she saw him kneeling on the wagon floor, facing away from her and leaning over the bench with his head down. Now let me remind you of what happened to Mr. Gray. Mr. Gray was put in the back of this paddy wagon. All of the protocols were violated as far as his safety. And they gave him what's called a rough ride. A rough ride is what cops would do when they don't like you. They put you in the back of the paddy wagon and they hit every bump they can hit. They take every curve sharply. They try to harm you in the back of that paddy wagon. And that's exactly what they accomplished. This is well known among police divisions. This is not something abnormal, this is normative in the culture. Yes, it violates policy, it violates protocol, but it is done on a regular basis. Ask any cop you know. And that's what they did to Freddie Gray. But instead of him simply being injured or inconvenienced, they killed him because of this rough ride, all right? White attempted to question Gray, believing that he might know something about the complaint she was investigating. It read, he gave no verbal response, but made an audible noise. White interpreted Gray's silence as an indication that he did not want to cooperate with the police. That's a damn shame, madam. Put up a picture again. He was dying, Captain. And you could have saved him. You! Could have saved the man, but you took his noise, his utterance, his inability to speak as a sign that he did not want to talk to the police. During their review, the feds discovered Officer William Port informed uh, the captain that Gray wanted a medic. Her reply to Porter was to follow the vehicle back to the Western District Police Station to relieve the crew of another arrestee and then take Gray. To the hospital. The statement continued, regardless 
of whether Sergeant White or Officer Porter acted negligently by not calling a medic prior to stop six, it would be impossible to prove that either deliberately ignored Gray's needs. Isn't that something? They are literally admitting, yeah, they were negligent. Yeah, their negligence probably led to the death of Mr. Gray. But you can't prove they were negligent on purpose. And for that reason, we make you captain. Oversight, authority over enforcement and protocols for the Baltimore Police Department. This doesn't happen in any other industry but the police. They're not accountable to each other, they should be accountable to us. For the people of Baltimore, you should be outraged. They are literally taking your tax dollars, you are paying for your own oppression. But that's the force, right? That's the mandate. That's what we all have to endure in this ridiculous upside down world. That's why we yell defund the police. We say defund the police, mean, meaning reprioritize policing budgets. People like this should not get promotions, they should get a jail sentence. They should have absolutely no authority over citizens or people, period, in our communities. Sharon, thoughts on this? Yeah, they could they could have kept the administrative charges, but you know, those got dismissed yeah. too, Dr. Ritchie, because there's no black and blue. There's just blue, as you um, articulated there, just blue. I can think of an organization that after this kind of conduct promotes you to captain, the mafia. The mafia would also mm. promote you to captain after Good this point. kind of behavior. It absolutely would. She is um Someone who I I wish I could spy upon, and here's what I mean by that. You know those cameras, you're away, and maybe you just have a camera on your your baby at night, and it's usually in black and white. Not because I'm a voyeur, but because I wish to see. Does she sleep at all at night? Do you sleep at all? This woman should never, never be welcomed at another cookout. Not by her friend, not by her sister, her family should not welcome her at a cookout. This is disgraceful and I don't know how she gets any shut eye after this. It's to think about the injuries, the spinal cord, the way you, you took us through it. it. It takes me right back to when we first learned about it as he's screaming in horrific pain. And that is her account to investigate it. She disgusts me, disgusts me. You know, I say this often and I mean it. There should be no job on this planet where you are okay with putting on their uniform and taking off your humanity. Amen. And that's exactly what we see time and time again with policing in America. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? I feel free. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. It's because you're black. Yeah, that's what you think, huh? That's what you think, huh? That's what you think, huh? You know you're miserable living in your own hell because you mess with people every day. Nobody said nothing to you. You didn't say nothing. You were talking with me. I don't even know you. Weeks. Thank you. I'm not on your property. I'm not talking. I'm on, I'm on his property. He doesn't you own this him. property. Okay, just so you know, he's a renter, just like you. Wow. So get the f off my property. Wow. Wow. Come harass me. Wow. I'm Excuse sick of your. You're done. You'll be moving 
That's your life. That's your life. Yeah, that's your life. Why don't you learn the quarter? And um, this is when she sprayed me. Karenicity and this one runs deep. I have more video. As you can see, she has committed a physical assault, okay? Not the first time. Now, these individuals who happen to be college students in Pennsylvania, they have evidence. They recorded the entire encounter. The cops are there. They are showing video evidence of this physical assault. Yes, spraying somebody with a water hose is unwanted physical contact. It's assault. Here's what the cops said. And then this is the video of when we were talking to her. Uh, she she called on you too. I'm not even gonna talk to her. I'm just gonna start full phone court over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and if you want to verify any story, the neighbors yeah. outside moving, they heard yeah. everything. And then yeah. those, those neighbors, I've been doing with this lady well. way before any of you guys were here. Yes, like, sir. I've been doing with this lady okay. so long. I'm so annoyed for yeah. some reason. She can't get along with anybody. Yes, sir. You know, so yes, sir. It's, it's really annoying. How do, we, how do we get to like file an official report? Yeah, I, there is going to be a report. I'm arresting her. So, okay. um, I mean, it's not like a take her to jail arrest. Yeah, yeah, I go yeah. back, I do paperwork, she gets it in the mail. And I'm going to subpoena you. I just sent it to this address here. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. And you're Elijah, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. Uh, I'm just going to send it um, to you and uh, yes, sir. come tell your story. Yes, sir. Maybe she'll stop. Cause like we're just at this point like it's just yeah. harassment like yeah like, we're not even like we're literally not even doing anything and she's she's telling the story that she's telling him in the morning is oh yeah. you can't park here because there's gonna be storms and we don't want the yeah. trees to fall on it she, and then as yeah. I'm walking by and I'm asking her I said why you why you pr pressure wash my uh my roommate's car she says because he can't park here this isn't his parking like you're that upset with us and you get to calling us racial names like what in the white privilege is going on here. Wait a minute, the officer said she does this all the time. He was provided video evidence of the crime, which creates probable cause for the arrest. He then says, I'm going to arrest her, no need to do a police report, I'm going to arrest her. And then he says, but it's not like I'm going to arrest her like right now. No, 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 I'm gonna go back to the office, write a report, send you a subpoena, you're gonna have to come testify. Maybe she'll stop then. What kind of arrest is this? I have never heard of such an arrest before. He said, don't file a report. I'm going to just arrest her and then proceeds to explain some kind of special non arrest tactic. Here's why you know racial bias exists in this context. Imagine the black male with no shirt on took a water hose, went up to her, started cursing her out and decided to start spraying her and she has it on video. Do you think the cop rolls up and says, hey, you know what, uh, Karen, he does this all the time. Don't know what's wrong with the guy. Hopefully we can figure this out. I'm going to arrest him, but not today. I'm going to do some paperwork, send it to you, send you a subpoena. You come to court, we'll figure it out. Hopefully he'll stop. No, he would have been arrested on the spot. Video evidence, probable cause, Unwanted physical contact, yes, all of this should have led to an arrest. And the fact that the cop tried to act as if he was down with what was happening, 
No, come on, gents, gentlemen, he's playing you. All he wanted you to do was not file a police report on her. That was his goal, his goal was accomplished. So if you see this video, I hope somebody sends it to you. If you don't already watch the show, go to the police department, file that damn warrant and get her ass locked up, okay? It's for all good. All right, sharing thoughts here. Yeah, I heard it too. Now what, after having this earpiece in my ear for so many years, Dr. Richie, I couldn't tell if she said get off my property or you are my property, okay? She meant both. Exactly, and the, I was waiting for the German Shepherd to come out as well and attack the gentleman, the police officer. It is disgraceful, and we know it would have happened if the roles were reversed. Probably would have been on the scene and would have shot her up, uh, him up with some ketamine or something. Okay, at the very least, then somebody would have been going for a ride and would have been taken out of there. Okay, yeah. so the whole thing is just silly. The fact that they recorded it, what they're telling him, and yes. As just a civics lesson would tell you that is not proper policing protocol. Go in there, get her and lock her up. Yeah, it was real simple. I mean, literally they had the evidence, uh, the, the cop was aware that she did this historically. He refused to arrest, dissuaded them to actually file a proper police report. If the brother would have done this, that cop would have called for SWAT. Okay, so gentlemen, if you see this video, I'm encouraging you do the right thing, all right? Okay. The Southern Baptist Convention, they are under DOJ investigation over abuse. We have covered elements of this on indisputable multiple times. Now the DOJ has opened a federal investigation into the Southern Baptist Convention which is the second largest Christian denomination in the country, following a report that alleged church leaders ignored survivors of sexual abuse. We reported on this as soon as that report became public, all right? So let's go to what the SBC's executive committee did. They received a subpoena. They received a subpoena, but no individuals have been subpoenaed at this point, according to the committee's lawyer. This is an ongoing investigation and we are not commenting on our discussions with the DOJ, the committee said. Individually and collectively, each SBC entity is resolved to fully and completely cooperate with the investigation, the statement said. While we continue to grieve and lament past mistakes related to sexual abuse, current leaders across the SBC have demonstrated a firm conviction to address those issues of the past and are implementing measures to ensure they are never repeated in the future. Lies, complete 100% lies. They are lying and the truth is not in them. These individuals have covered up acts of criminal conduct, sexual assault, sexual abuse, and child predatory behavior. They have done this, they have done it for years. The organization decided to protect them rather than excommunicate them from the ranks and provide the evidence necessary to prosecute these SOBs until they could see the light of day no more. That's what the church did, all right, there's more. The investigation comes after a report within the church 
as it relates to abuse. The report focused specifically on how the SBC's executive committee responded to abuse cases, revealing that it has secretly maintained a list. Remember, we reported on this list, secretly maintained a list of clergy and other church workers accused of abuse. The committee later apologized and released the list, which had hundreds of accused workers on it. My previous report, I exposed all of those individuals that we could find on the list. Now, what's happening here? They decided to keep an ongoing list of problematic preachers, preachers that had credible accusations of sexual abuse. And they kept it internally. They did not want the rest of the world to know about it. They just wanted to keep it to themselves. There's more. Following the release of the guidepost report, the SBC voted during its annual meeting in June to create a way to track pastors and other church workers credibly accused of sex abuse and launch a new task force to oversee further reforms. Earlier this week, the SBC president, Bart Barber, who also signed Friday's statement, announced the names of the Southern Baptist pastors and church members who will serve on the task force. Survivors of abuse within the church celebrated the announcement. Southern Baptist sex abuse survivor, Krista Brown, who was long called, who has long called for the SBC to do more to address sex abuse across his churches, celebrated the news of the DOJ investigation. Hallelujah is about time, Brown said in a Friday, Friday post on Twitter. This is what's needed. She said, another survivor, Julie Woodson, went public with her abuse story in 2018 and has been pushing for reforms in the SBC ever since. On Friday, she reacted to the investigation by tweeting, may justice roll down. What are y'all celebrating? Hmm? Reforms? I hate to say this because I know many of these individuals have been victims. You're celebrating reforms? The victims that this church and the preachers in side of this denomination, the victims are still there, these preachers are still preaching, where's the mass arrest? Where's the mass exodus? Where? We're celebrating reforms, Oh, great, we got a policy change, that's good. We have a way to report sexual abuse that this oversight committee will actually listen to. Don't fall for it, my dear sisters, don't fall for that. Eradicate, uproot, seek justice. Have them face accountability, real accountability for the damage they have done to countless souls who trusted them to lead them to a better life. Don't allow the religiosity that you have been taught to blind you from the reality of the danger these monsters have created. I don't give a damn what they wear on Sunday. I don't care if they have a Bible or not. God gave you a brain before he gave you a book, use it. Separately, a cat who's down with the Southern Baptist, his name is Pastor Greg Locke. Greg Locke has been praised by Eric Trump 
He accused prominent televangelist Kenneth Copeland and Joel Osteen of sexual abuse in his preaching. Now, I don't have much love for Kenneth Copeland. Joel Osteen, um, he's a mixed bag. He says some things that are inspirational. I don't like how he treated flood victims. But here's what Greg Locke said in his pulpit. Here it is. Full blown demon possessed Satan worshipers like Kenneth Copeland, the most powerful pastor in America. He's a demon and he's going to hell. And you tell him I said so. I'm about to kick his pulpit over and preach wide slam open tonight. That low down, sorry, sex trafficking rapist. I wish to God he would take me to court. I wish to God that demon would take me to court. I'll show the pictures I've got. You ever send another dime to that low down, sorry pedophile? I pray God curses your finances. I'm sick of these demon worshiping pastors like Joel Osteen. Look, I'm, I'm just going to say it tonight. I don't care what the news media says. Joel Osteen ain't going to sue Greg Locke. I wish you would. Dude's worth so many millions of dollars, it's ridiculous. Why don't they sue the hillbilly preacher? I'll tell you why. Because he knows I'm right. I'm going to call them all out when I have to. You say, oh my goodness, you mean to tell me that Joel Osteen, he's that way with women? No, I'm here to tell you Joel Osteen's that way with boys. Well, that's interesting, Pastor, because according to your own sermon, you said you have the pictures, which means you were in possession of child pornography, which means somebody in your state should currently have you under investigation because you said you have the pictures, sir. That's what you said. Now, I'm calling for an investigation into this preacher, Greg Locke. Now he has said controversial things from the pulpit before. He said that Democrats are not allowed in his church. He said that if you vote for Joe Biden, you're going to hell. Okay, but sir, you have now admitted to a crime. Possession of child porn is illegal against the law. You said you have the pictures, which means you are in custody of illegal material is somebody willing now to investigate this clown. All right, sharing thoughts here. Well, I would hope that your investigative team can, is his computer already in the hands of the FBI? Because be. they have got to do a full workup on his computer, his iPhone, every device he has, because we've got to get to the bottom of what else it is is on there. It's just, you know, and you notice how he kept talking about money. It always came back to money, how many millions Osteen has, and oh, I don't have this, and you better not give or tithe or whatever he was talking about. The problem is, and I'll go back to the SDC, because the way you laid it out is just, um, it's incredible and it's easy to follow. When you remain with your predator, your victimizer too long, the sickness begins to feel like a cure. There's no cure here. There's no cure, okay? And I don't know where uh, SBC intends to track these problematic 
preachers except from Bible study camp to Bible study camp because that's where they're going. And I really don't understand why they can't be more transparent because they commented on everything. I just made a list. Abortion, gay people, race, guns, Trump. They've said a lot about a lot of things. And we need full transparency here, okay? And we need some arrests. Arrests need to be made. Yeah. And you know, if this church is not talking about being transparent enough to aid in the prosecution of these preachers who have violated the souls, the bodies of innocent people. They're not willing to do that. Whatever judgment comes against that entire group, whatever narrative is antithetical to them as an organization, it is well deserved. While yes, the vast majority of preachers may not have engaged in it, the vast majority of preachers did not do what they needed to do to eradicate the danger inside of their industry. All right, we got more on the other side, indisputable, stick and stay. Police chief is fired for trying to reform a police department, Charlottesville. Let me go ahead and give you the highlight. Let's put up the chief, all right? A black police chief in Charlottesville. And I'm going to take you to a black firefighter in Rochester are calling out their respective departments for racism. So you're looking at Chief Brackney. Chief Brackney had been hired in the wake of the infamous Unite the Right rally back in 2017. Remember that? That's when white supremacists descended on Charlottesville and made it nationally synonymous with hate. City officials wanted her to restore public trust in a force that badly fumbled the mayhem, modernized the department and addressed racial inequities in policing that many in the city felt the march revealed. That was a job, that's a tough job, that's a tough job to do. You go into a racist environment, you're trying to root out racism, create equity, bridge the gap between cop and community. It's a hell of a job, it's a hell of a thing to do. They fired her, let's get into the details. Chief Brackney said the revelations about the 15 member SWAT team were glaring examples of what needed to be reformed in the department's culture. But when she moved to discipline, uh oh, when she moved to do her job, when she moved to hold cops accountable to the rules and the law, some of the members, it set off a chain of events that led to her firing months later. A deputy had just briefed her on an internal probe of the SWAT team. It found widespread issues, including officers making racist remarks and one apparently showing a trainee how to hide criminal misconduct. Another, according to the internal report obtained by the Washington Post, all right? In a text, one disgruntled member wrote they should take out command staff. That means kill them, okay? A comment Chief Brackney took seriously, but some officers felt, oh, <laughs> this is just people with guns blowing off steam, chief. So the chief filed a $10 million lawsuit against the city 
and 10 officials this summer alleging racial and gender discrimination. And that her firing was retaliation for her efforts to root out problematic policing. Now, let me tell you why we know this is vengeful, okay? Typically, if a department actually wants to let a cop go who's in executive leadership, those cops don't get fired even under the most extreme of circumstances. They are allowed to do what? Resign, shoot somebody in the back, you can resign. Kill an unarmed black or brown body, resign. You're allowed typically to just resign. Well, she wasn't allowed that. They did not give her that opportunity. They decided to just fire her to make an example out of her. Let's put up the picture of the mayor. This is Mayor Lloyd Snook. He said Chief Brackney's termination was about her lack of effective leadership, not reform efforts. He said rank and file officers had lost faith in her and were leaving, creating crisis. Keep his picture up. You know, he's actually right. That mayor is actually correct. Because the rank and file are racist SOBs. Yes, this police chief left a bad taste in his rank and file. Once again, when have you ever known a mayor to come against the police chief? Even during the most extreme of circumstances. So not only did she get fired, not allowed an opportunity to resign. The mayor comes against her. The officers are backing the mayor. You see, they're willing to eat their own, so to speak. There's no blue line for black folk, please understand this. Please understand when you put on that, that blue uniform, you are still a black person in that blue uniform. I hope you understand that. I hope you realize the culture that you are adopting as your own. I hope you realize they're willing to do this to you. There's more. Let's put up a picture of the firefighter, okay? Meanwhile, let me take you to Rochester, New York. Fire captain allegedly pressured Black firefighter Jared Jones, and we hope to have him on the show next week, to go to a party that mocked Juneteenth with racist imagery and featured images of elected officials with spikes running through them. Jones felt immediately uneasy and his uneasiness intensified as he walked up the driveway and noticed a large cutout of former President Donald Trump as it is against department rules to attend partisan political events, they forced him to do it. According to the notice, there were two large Juneteenth celebration flags decorating the lawn with buckets of Kentucky Fried Chicken prominently displayed in an apparent use of the racist trope recycled by bigots to mock black Americans. At one point, unable to leave and unsure of how to react, Jones expressed to his fellow firefighters that he felt like he was in the film, get out. You were, sir, exactly where you were at, okay? I'm glad you made it out alive to be quite honest with you. There's more. The filing further stated that someone at the party also appeared to have been impersonating Monroe County legislator Rachel Bart, uh, Bart, Barnhart, excuse me, acting in a sexual manner as the crowd taunted her 
yelling explicit comments. These are some sick SOBs. Jones was eventually able to leave the party and later went to a superior to raise the issue and ask them to address it in the filing. They said they would, but Jones was left shocked when he was assigned to work with the same captain for his next shift four days after raising the issue of racism, prompting him to pursue further action. The notice said Jones was to leave after suffering emotional distress and fear of retaliation from Crowey and others. Let's put up their pictures, okay? So Jeff on the left was the fire captain who pressured Jones to go to the party. Felipe Hernandez Jr. on the right is the fire chief of Rochester Fire Department. There is a statement, let's keep this up. Hernandez said in the statement, the allegations are serious and the behavior described is unacceptable and an affront to everyone who works with the RFD and City Hall. He said an investigation had concluded and disciplinary action was sent to the supervisor this week. He said the supervisor would remain on suspension until the action was received and accepted, but did not expand on what action was actually taken. Oh, As I've said many times before, don't fall for the, we take these things seriously. It will not be tolerated. And every single time they say it will not be tolerated, they only say that because it is being tolerated. Because if you don't tolerate it, guess what you don't have to say in your statement? It won't be tolerated. You know why you don't have to say that in your statement if you don't tolerate it? Because I just told you what the hell I did. That shows you I don't tolerate it. Sharing thoughts here. What kind of party is this? What, no watermelon? I mean, they had the fried chicken, the Juneteenth flags, the Trump cutout. Where's the watermelon? The whole thing is just silly season. Stop issuing these stupid statements. And let's head back down to Charlottesville, shall we? Let's head on down there because if they have an opening, I know a captain in Baltimore, Alicia White, would be happy to take that job. She's about the only one who could fill it, okay, with Mm -hmm. what's going on down there. This whole thing about how one bad apple and, you know, there's a bit, you were right. And you talked about it with politicians, you've talked about it with police before, okay? When you allow this kind of nonsense, Okay, and I heard a minority name there too, who was allowing it and issuing a statement. When you allow this kind of nonsense, you're all bad. Okay, until you clean it up, you're all bad. Yeah, I'll say it. All right. Yeah, bound to happen. Trump supporter fatally shot and killed trying to breach an FBI building. Put up his picture. Okay. This is what's happening right now since the Mar-a-Lago FBI search. There are many who are threatening the FBI. There are many who are trying to intimidate obviously the FBI. Uh, This person who was fatally shot and killed, his name was Ricky Scheifer, 42 years of age, fatally shot by the police Thursday, August 11th. After leading officers on a chase that led to a six hour standoff. It was three days after the FBI executed a search warrant at Mar-a-Lago when the Navy veteran tried to to breach the FBI's Cincinnati field office. 
the vet once handled highly classified information years ago while posted on an attack submarine. But had been on the Bureau's radar for months for possible extremist behavior. So let's get into the background of this guy. Schieffer had posted anti-FBI messages on Trump's social media platform, Truth Social, before the attack. Writing, and I quote, kill the enemy. And if you don't hear from me, it is true I tried attacking the FBI. In an official statement on August 11th, the FBI Cincinnati office noted the subject shot at law enforcement officers during the incident. Law enforcement also fired their weapons. Then this weekend, there's more. Let's put up the pictures on Saturday. Armed Trump supporters in Phoenix, Arizona gathered outside of an FBI building. Outside the FBI office, Trump supporters were carrying handguns and assault style weapons. One protester said they were there to protest the unlawful search at the Florida property. And another person was reportedly waving a Confederate flag and others held honor your oath and abolish FBI signs. An FBI spokesperson told CNN that the Phoenix protest, which had around 25 people was lawful and it was disbanded around noon. They did not cross into FBI territory. There's more. Additionally, this weekend, let's put his picture up, Richard York. Richard A. York drove his vehicle into a barricade near the US Capitol early Sunday. Capitol Police stated he fired shots into the air before taking his own life. Thankfully, no one else was injured and it appears no officers discharged their weapons. York did not appear to be targeting members of Congress. Police said the vehicle caught fire as York was getting out of it. Manger said the investigators were exploring whether he might have started the blaze as it did not appear to have been sparked by the collision. Capitol Police Chief Tom Manger said officers did not, did not hear the individual say anything during the incident. Let's put up the picture of the Capitol Police Chief. Okay, there he is. He said investigators were exploring York's social media and running him through databases, but had so far found nothing to determine York's motivation. Investigators also found addresses in Delaware, Pennsylvania, and his criminal history. Online Pennsylvania court records show York's criminal record includes arrests and convictions dating back more than a decade for several offenses, including simple assault, burglary, making terroristic threats, and illegal possession of drug paraphernalia. Uh, Let's be very clear, Donald Trump isn't going to say stop the madness. Mitch McConnell, who has no backbone, he's not going to call for this to cease. Members of Congress on the conservative side, they are afraid to say, hey, stop trying to kill FBI agents. Now remember, wasn't it those on the right, Trump supporters who called members of Black Lives Matter criminals? That they somehow were antithetical to the survival of police? Answer this, how many cops have members of Black Lives Matter killed? Zero, none. You see, the nature of their movement is rooted in violence, but it has always been. The nature of our movement is rooted in love, coalition building, unity, 
connection, freedom, liberty. Remember the black male who was shot in the back of the head, remember that? Okay, now we got more information about the cop. Looks like the cop, yep, problematic past. Let me remind you of the shooting, this is graphic. picture of this Texas sheriff's officer who committed this crime. The young man who was killed, his name is Roderick Brooks. The man who killed him, his name is Garrett Hardin. A veteran Texas sheriff's officer was the one who fatally shot and killed the 47 year old black male. Let's put up a picture, Mr. Brooks. Harden killed Mr. Brooks after he allegedly stole detergent. Detergent. Can I say this? Nobody steals detergent unless they need it. Nobody steals detergent unless they need it. Let me give you some background on this cop. Hardin has a long history of being disciplined for violating department policies. He was on disciplinary probation at the time of this death, according to records obtained by the Huff Post. The sheriff's office has now suspended Garrett Hardin without pay on eight different occasions since 2004. Hardin was first suspended in 2004 when he entered a cell block after witnessing a fight between two incarcerated people and let security doors uh, and left security doors unlocked and unsupervised. That was intentional. He was also suspended without pay four times since 2005 for damaging patrol cars, according to the records. In April 2008, This deputy was issued a five day suspension because it was determined he had knowingly misdirected his immediate supervisor about his involvement in a vehicle pursuit according to the records. He lied to his own supervisors and they kept him on the force. He had been suspended without pay multiple times and they kept him on the force. Why? Why do you think they kept him? They kept him because they knew what kind of cop he was. They knew he was corrupt and they have a culture of corruption at that police department. This death, this murder is just as much the fault of the sheriff's office as it is the man who actually pulled the trigger. 
Because without one, you don't have the other. They had from 2004 to fire this SOB and they chose not to. Because the life of those he polices doesn't matter to them. Harden was most recently suspended after he had made lewd comments to people working under him. While Harden was doing roll call as a supervisor, he told a female deputy, don't let me show you my blank is bigger than yours. And made a hand gesture to reflect the size of his genitals. That's according to deputy records. He also told a female deputy that he would eat that out. That's what he told a female deputy. One woman said she asked Deputy Harden to repeat what he said. She said he looked her in the eyes and repeated that he would eat her out. Which she took as a sexual advance. She said during the investigation that Harden's comments were crude and created a hostile work environment and that she had no trust in him as a supervisor. They kept him on the force. Harden made these comments in front of several people according to the report and seven deputies were interviewed about the incident as part of an internal investigation. One said she did not report Harden's statements initially because of fear of retaliation. Another deputy said that Harden told them, now that HR is gone, I can say what the I wanna say. Harden was ordered to take sexual harassment training, placed on a 180 day probation and suspension without pay for 80 hours. And when he shot Mr. Brooks in the back of the head, he was on probation, never should have been a cop. He was a bad cop, 100% corrupt. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. In the bullpen today, we have Mr. Sean Tima, commentator Young Voices and Chief of Staff for Young Americans for Liberty. He's been all over the place, Newsmax, OAN, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, good to have you on the show, Sean, how are you? I'm doing great, Dr. Richie, thanks for having me back. Absolutely, man, thanks for coming back. Okay, uh, we're going to talk about the all of a sudden about face that conservatives have displayed. They are now for defunding the police, contextualized through the agency known as the FBI. Interesting, I don't want to presume what you know, believe about this new found dynamic with the conservative party. So if you would, give us your sentiment and I will then opine. Absolutely, well, I love to see it. And I think that people are justified in distrusting the motives or intentions of the FBI raid of Donald Trump's home. Because if you know your history, you know that the Federal Bureau of Intimidation has been used and abused to crush political dissent and protect the elites since its founding. And defunding and abolishing the FBI, the case for it writes itself. You go back to the founding, World War I, when it was founded, Woodrow Wilson used it to arrest and spy on people who opposed sending troops to Europe. Fast forward a couple decades, the FBI is blackmailing and sabotaging civil rights leaders like Dr. King, Malcolm X, who was even complicit in the murder of Viola Liuzzo, prominent civil rights activist. The Republicans used it in the 80s to spy on hundreds of organizations who opposed the regime change and involvement of the intelligence agencies in Latin America. In the past two decades after the Patriot Act, I mean, it's gotten worse than ever. Unprecedented power to wiretap and spy on American citizens without warrants, to put them on no fly lists, freeze their bank accounts without due process. And now we see it coming to a head 
where they're going and raiding a former president's home and spying on him during his campaign. That is waking up a lot of people and the legitimate functions of the FBI really could be done at the state level when it comes to criminal investigations. So okay. my thoughts, and I'm glad to see conservatives see, as Anthony Sabatini would put it, I think we need to gut this agency like a fish and get power back to the people. All right, so let me respond to that. First of all, let me say for the record, I have no love for the FBI, they are the police. I will let them defend themselves. And for black people, we're in a precarious situation because we have feckless state prosecutors who are unwilling to prosecute obvious crimes like the death of Breonna Taylor. And then the DOJ comes in and does what the state agency chose not to do under Republican leadership. And you're right, they put Dr. King under surveillance, they made him enemy number one. And this list goes on to people like Malcolm X and others. So we don't have some kind of cozy relationship with the FBI, black people historically. So I wanna make sure I say that for the record. But I do find it interesting and you must also find it ironic that we've been telling you all for decades that police agencies, FBI included, need to reprioritize their budgets in order to fix or um, affix a criminal justice dynamic that's known as what? Public safety. That the the goal, the aim should have always been public safety. Not policing, not arrest, not simple investigation, but public safety. You all said we were wrong. When we said defund the police, you all said we were wrong. That we were anti-police. We're anti-bad police. Just like you would say you're anti-bad FBI. But let's be very clear. On your social media, sir, you now have a tagline. You say defund the FBI, am I correct? Yes, sir. When did you put it up? Well, I put it up right when it was hot and when people would start accepting when, the message sir? a little when more. When did you put it up? I put up defund the FBI a couple of weeks ago and two a years ago after ago. George Floyd was killed. My organization went out and we provided solutions as how we could reform the police. Wait a minute. Things like this from happening, wait, qualified wait, immunity, ending wait. that, ending no knock warrants. Oh, I'm with so you. I'm, I'm with you. you know, I'm a libertarian. Things. I think we agree okay, a lot I, more. Yeah, we, we actually do connect in some, some areas and we discussed that before. But you recently put up defund the FBI. Now, are you willing to join me and say, we need to defund the police? I think we need some real police reform. I do think we need to end qualified but immunity. Sir, I think we you need can to end say police militarization. Defund. Wait a minute, brother. You can say defund the FBI. Cool. No problem. We need to reprioritize policing budgets in the FBI. I'm good with that. Are you willing to also say defund the police? I prefer defund the police state. I think militarized police okay. is a great problem. I mean, these people have tanks, these people are abusing rights. And I think that that's a problem. I think that the police mm -hmm. state as a whole is a greater issue. And you see defund the police though being targeted with a lot of proposals that don't actually defund the police as much as they do reprioritize budgets and have that spending go towards some programs that are somewhat specious and that I don't necessarily think will fix the problem. So I'm happy to say defund the police state as I think that mm -hmm. encompasses you know the whole issue. Do you think it's uh, telling? That we are now somewhat in agreement that police offices, police divisions have been utilized in an adversarial manner against humanity. Now, when we said it was happening to black folks, you all didn't ride with us. Now, all of a sudden that it happens to one rich, well-connected white man known as Donald Trump. All of a sudden you all start posting defund the police or defund the FBI on your social media. So it took one white man to get raided by the FBI which likely is a credible raid in order for you all to realize 
that when we said black bodies being shot by cops, unarmed black people being killed by the police should warrant a defunding of those police departments and reprioritizing their budgets. You all said that we were antithetical to police, that we were antithetical to law and order, that we were adversarial to the United States of America. So why is it that you all get to enjoy a narrative of being patriots when you say defund the FBI? But when Black Lives Matter said defund the police, you all said that we were somehow antithetical to the movement of the country. Well, you say this you all phrase, I'm not sure this you all is. I'm a libertarian, my organization came out strong for ending qualified immunity, for ending no knock warrants, for making internal matters external. I mean, there is plenty we can do for police reform. And the greater threat, the bigger threat that affects all of us, I think, is the concentration of police military power in DC, as we see from the FBI's history. So, you know, you can talk to Marjorie Taylor Greene about what she thinks, but I'll speak for myself. And Marjorie Taylor Greene and Bernie Sanders' press secretary are in agreement right now about defunding the FBI. And Sean, listen to me, brother. I appreciate you because I think you come from an authentic place. I'm just challenging you because you do rock with some conservative folks on some things here. All right. And the conservative movement, which, you know, libertarians, you, you all have some significantly conservative tendencies and friends. The conservative movement has now said we must defund the FBI. Cool. Reprioritize the budget. That's fine. But over Donald Trump, so you got to think about this. One, if the man was holding on to classified information that he did not have any business having and he was told to turn it over and chose not to, how do we get those documents back? How does the government get those documents back? You tell me. I think we could work with that from a robust police presence at the state level that's not going to be in so the hands the state of one person in DC. Wait, that's the you're problem. You're saying the state police should have gone up into Mar-a-Lago? You think DeSantis would have approved that? You think his state director would have approved going into Donald Trump's home and grabbing those classified documents? That's what you believe? We'd have to see. All I know is that we're setting <laughs> a precedent no in 2024 when Trump or DeSantis comes back to wield the FBI against their political opponents. And, and that's not good. That's a big threat. All right. So listen, man, I do appreciate you coming on the show. I wish we had a little more time. I got to go to the next show. Sure. Uh, but always, you come from an authentic place, and I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for coming. Back at you. Great to be here. All right. Okay. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Stay tuned for the conversation.